Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the program, everybody. You're listening to the South Bay Show, South Bay Spotlight, <clears throat> on Thursday, June 25th, 2020. I'm your host, Jackie Balestra, and I'm, I'm just going to say this one more time for anyone that hasn't heard yet. Our longtime host, Joe Terry, has taken a teaching gig this summer, and he's not joining us on Thursday morning, so I'm take, taking over hosting duties for the next couple of months. Thank you for tuning in. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and there is no better place to do this Just segment of that. the South Bay Show is brought to you by Your Actualized Visions, a local advertising agency. Your Actualized Visions offers all your advertising needs under one roof, from logo design, business cards, banners, and signage, to online services such as website design, SEO management, promotional videos, reputation management, and loyalty promotions. You name it, and Your Actualized Visions will handle it for you on time and under budget. Built on the needs of their clients, your actualized visions is competitively priced and economical, saving you money and greatly enhancing your bottom line. At your actualized visions, customer service is all local with one point of contact. No more dealing with robo-answering machines, getting the runaround, or speaking to someone in another country. Your actualized visions understands your hyper-local advertising needs and focuses on bringing you real clients. They do not buy likes followers, or fake results. Your campaigns are real, built with real community followers who want to purchase your services and products. The only thing standing in the way of your company's success is you now picking up the phone right now and calling your actualized visions at 310-413-8773. To learn more about what your actualized visions can do for you and your company, visit the website at youractualizedvisions.com. Your actualized visions, your dreams today, not someday. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose. That's what we talk about here on the South Bay Show. And joining me this morning is our co-host and producer, Deanne Chase, founder of Chase Law Group. For all your business needs, visit the website at southbaylawyers.com. Good morning, Deanne. Good morning, Jackie. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, I have to tell you, I'm I'm a little bit excited this morning uh, for our guest, obviously, because we always enjoy having having this person. But um, there are a couple of actual events happening this weekend, like real live in person events happening this weekend that uh-huh. we can actually go to. We don't have to uh, experience it virtually. Uh, so I'm kind of excited. On uh, on Friday, there's going to be a headphone concert. Friday night. Oh, I've heard about on, that. I've heard about these headphone concerts. They're very cool, cool concept. I haven't been. You know, it's interesting. I have not heard of it yet, uh, but we're going to have one in Manhattan Beach on, on 34th Street Friday night. Uh, it's Retrofit and Cara Turner. Uh, so I'm going to that. I'm so excited. And then um, on Saturday, uh, the Palace Verdes Chamber is doing something called the Great Peninsula Movie Night. And they're asking oh, wow. you not speci- – they're specifically asking you not to call it a D-R-I-V-E-I-N. They're specifically <laughs> asking you not not to call it that. And that might have something to do with the fact – I don't know if they've opened those D-R-I-V-E-I-N-S 
it yet. I don't know that they've opened it yet. So, so it's by so a legal term of art, right? Yeah, just don't call it that. Yes. It didn't happen. Right. <laughs> yes. But it sounds fun. Yeah. It sounds really fun. It is nice to get out and it's, see the community. Yeah, yeah. You can wave to each other from your cars. Uh, there you go. Be, that'll be it fun. Works. But the head the headphone the headphone event the headphone concert will be will be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to that. So how's everything? How's yeah. everything on your end? Everything's great. In fact, my uh, my daughter is going to a headphone party this weekend too. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. But these headphone parties, just oh, for people, if people don't know what that is, I mean, they have these DJs now where everybody wears the headphones. So the DJs are sitting there playing the live music, and everybody can hear the music, but anyone walking down the street wouldn't be able to hear the music. So, yeah, my daughter's going to one of those parties too. This uh, my uh, she's going to a birthday party. So. Fun. Yeah. Um, I had not I, I had not heard of it yet. This, this was the first time I heard of it, and in this case, it's a live band playing. But instead of the music coming through the amps, they they come into the headphones, so that you yeah. so you'll be rocking out on the street. But unless you have headphones on, you're not going to hear it. So I think it's yeah. I don't. Cool. I, I'd be yeah. You'll have to report back how that works because I don't know how you can actually have an actual band playing and not putting out sound. It's kind of an interesting concept. Yeah, pretty cool. Well, though. I don't know. It's all it's all it's all Greek to me, but I I guess I'll find out. So uh, yeah, no noise complaints. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 exactly. So all right, well, um, I think uh, I think we should probably get to it. Uh, Deanne, who's our guest this morning? Yeah, so um, we have a returning guest this morning, Heidi Butstein. She is the president and CEO of the Lomita Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Heidi's got a lot going on. Very busy girl. She's an entrepreneur at heart and has a business and market. She's been a business and marketing consultant for well over 25 years. She, along with her partner, own, a, own and run a brick and mortar business in Lomita called Social Workplace, which is really neat. A co-work office and meeting space. It's, it's really beautiful. And Localista Media, a marketing agency. Heidi is a South Bay native and has been an active leader in the business community for the past, past 10 years. She's taken her busy, business savvy and experience serving in leadership and board roles for local chambers of commerce and several business associations, and she's applied it to leading the Lomita Chamber of Commerce, which she kind of helped to uh, revitalize, and she took the lead role in that, and it just had its one-year anniversary in April. This morning, Heidi's going to share with us how the Lomita Chamber is helping businesses navigate the reopening process in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, she'll also talk about how the Chamber is bringing a modified socially distanced farmer's market to Lomita in July. And she'll discuss her, her recent appointment to the L.A. County Economic Resiliency Task Force. So, Heidi, welcome to the program. We're so glad you could join us this morning. Good morning, Deanne and Jackie. It's good to hear your voices. I wish I could see you in person, but this is the way we do it. <laughs> that's yeah, right, that's you've been right. busy. <laughs> you are a busy girl. Uh, just <laughs> yes, a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah, it's been a, a crazy just, few months for all of us. It has. And, you know, I was just, uh, just before the show started, I, I was telling you, you know, Heidi, I used to see you, you know, several times a month at various events throughout the South Bay, because as we just established, you're a very busy person and you're out there all over the place all the time. And I haven't, you're like, you're the first person I'm speaking to that. And I realized, wow, I haven't seen Heidi in, in almost half a year. Yeah. I think January was the last time I saw Jackie. And um, I actually, the last, it's funny, you know, we're all connected in this, 
sweet South Bay uh, small community here, but Deanne was our last um, chamber event. She was kind enough to speak to our, our members uh, on uh, nonprofit uh, legal issues, and she, it was a great business strategy session that we had here at the space, and that was it. Oh, that was great. March 7th, and, uh, and then everything happened. So, well, you know, it's kind March, of interesting. That was, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was that was a great event. It you know it was that it, it you hosted it at the at the social workplace your um your location which is just so beautiful and it was a nice it was a nice group in that in the, your conference room there, or your you have it like Thank a, you. a yeah. seminar. It's actually like a seminar room which is really neat. Right. Yeah. Right. We call it the classroom. Um, ah, but yeah, it was it was a good event. So we were hoping to do a few more of those, and that will just have to switch up the format a little bit. But no, it's, and I do miss seeing some folks. But man, these past few months, it's just been you know we're cooped up, and it's been nonstop nonstop work anyway for for us. Um, you know, yeah. for the chamber yeah. and our, our own businesses. Yeah, it's funny because this is one of the first things I wanted to get into. Being locked down, it seems like we're all working harder than ever. And Heidi, outside of of business owners, I don't think anyone has worked as hard during this pandemic than the local Chamber of Commerce teams. I'm getting all this information. The Chambers of Commerce have been a conduit for so much information. Um, How are you handling, how is the Lomita Chamber handling that? Well, you know, I, I love my uh, my peer over there in Manhattan Beach, Kelly Stroman. I think she's done an excellent job in staying on top of it. Um, and I see all the stuff that she puts out as well. And, of course, Donna Duperon at the Torrance Chamber, um, my partner Elise in San Pedro, uh, PV Chamber, Redondo. I mean, it's been basically like running a mini newsroom is what I liken it to. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and we, um, I'm just kind of looking back. I mean, we had a great start to 2020. We had 55 people at our mixer in January um, at the South Bay Credit Union here in, in the downtown area of Lomita. It's a beautiful building that they revitalized. Um, 55 people. And then on the 30 in February, we had the strategy session with the end, about 15 people there. And then everything stopped. We were on track to do uh, a happy hour with history where we actually talk about the history of Lomita and we have photographs from the historical society all ready to go. That had to be postponed. That was going to be a fabulous event. And it still will be. We'll just figure out how to do it. And we were ready to launch the farmer's market on March 29th. And of course that, that right. stopped. So we had some pretty robust programs in the hopper. And March 12th is when we sent out our first uh, e-blast to um, not only our membership, but all the businesses on our, our mailing list. Um, that was the mode that we went into, is emergency response mode like our other chambers. And we weren't just helping our chamber members only. We opened up resources to anybody who needed it uh, in the community and, and regardless of whether you're a chamber member or not. So, um, yeah, we started getting the information out immediately. Just kind of the first blast was like, I know you guys have questions, but we're working through it. And as we get more information, we'll keep you posted. But in the meantime, you know, follow the health orders. And then it just really kind of evolved from there. Um, Gathering information, being on daily multiple calls, whether that was with the Small Business Development Center or the county or, you know, diving into the CDC website, the U.S. Chamber, you know, all these different resources and webinars started to come out pretty quickly. And so it was sitting in on all those and, 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 disseminating, distilling, distilling a lot of that information so that it was something that was useful rather than, and we're still getting information coming in from all angles, and it's really challenging, I think, to kind of walk through all of that to really figure out what applies to me, what, what has changed, 
Um, and we're still kind of working through that. But it feels like we're getting to a point where we can manage it a little bit better. But it was like drinking from a fire hose and, um, and you know, sending out daily blasts and reaching out to our members. It's, it's been a lot of work. But, you know, that's why we're here. And um, I've heard some really great feedback recently. Uh, we're up to 90, 90 members uh, after starting last year. Um, and we received nine new members during the COVID crisis that we've gone through. So in the past three months, we brought on wow. nine new members. So that's showing that people are um, uh, certainly believe in the chamber and, and want the access to the resources and, and are supported in that way and really see us creating opportunities, even if they're virtually, like most chambers do, where we are bringing the community together. So, um, you know, that's kind of the silver lining in that regard is that we're bringing more businesses together. Uh, but, yeah, we shifted into information gathering mode, and then we launched a, a series of community calls. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, that was great because all the community calls, we've done about four of, them, four of them now, and we'd have a different topic. So first was let's go to survival mode. So how do we do that? We invited the city of Lomita to be part of that call as well as the Small Business Development Center and just really giving the business owners a chance to change their mindset a little bit. What do I need to do right now to protect my business and let my employees and customers know what we're doing, you know? Then it shifted into where can I get access to health and safety resources? Um, and again, City of Lomita on that call. And so I think that the, the direct line of communication to our city manager and our economic development director here has just been phenomenal, and this is what we've been able to facilitate. So they get to touch base with them every couple of weeks on these calls, to get their questions answered, to hear what the city's doing. Uh, the last call was great. Uh, Lamita has a forgivable loan program for our small businesses here in Lamita, and so they were able to announce that program. So they're they're giving up to five thousand dollars per business, and this is really the small business community. So they have you know twenty five or less employees, and um, so they they launched that program a couple weeks ago. So having that direct line of communication with the city is is equally important. So I'm glad we've been able to uh, facilitate those community calls, it's, it's really helped the businesses navigate and get their questions answered directly. Wow. That, that's amazing. I, I had not heard about uh, the Lomita, the forgivable loans. That's interesting because those loans are coming from every level. They're, that's happening on the state. It's happening on the county. Um, there are, I think BCHD, Beach Cities Health District, was doing something similar to that. And then I heard of one or two other uh, local local municipalities doing that. I had not heard about Lomitas. But again, it goes back to how much information is being thrown at us, and and some of it is slipping through the craps, craps, cracks. Excuse me, uh, cracks uh, because we're not um, because there's just there's just there's just too much of it. And you mentioned the uh, phone calls. I've sat in on a handful of them. Uh, the L.A. County Department of Public Health has been doing several phone calls every week for specific groups as as they were opening up. So, like, the first week it was, you know, restaurants, uh, and, and, and then the next week there were some maybe retail, and then the next week it was – or oh, the first week they also included uh, uh, the uh, event organizers. Uh, and, you know, so, so there were different groups invited to these – that is still going on. Uh, different groups are invited to these different calls to get specifics. And I'll tell you, <laughs> Heidi, I mean, how many of those have you – I mean, you have to listen to practically all of them. You know, I, I actually tried to document um, – like write down like a diary from March through June. I just couldn't do it anymore. 
so probably you know, you look at your calendar. Your calendar is a good resource <laughs> for all the things. And then you'll look back at your calendar and go, wow, did I do all that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, and half of the calls didn't even get calendared. I just jumped on. Because that's the other thing yeah. is the nature of this information that we're trying to, again, like drinking from the fire hose. Sometimes you don't know that the telebriefings are happening until, you know, a couple of hours beforehand. So, um, you know, that's been a real challenge for everybody. But those telebriefings from the county, I think, are actually quite good because um, you have other business owners or other restaurant owners or other people who own hair salons, and they're on the call, and they're answer, asking very good, targeted, specific questions, yes. and they're getting answers from the source. So, yeah, I mean, I've been on a ton of those just to try to have answers to questions or at least to put people in connection with the right resources should they come to us at the chamber. And um, the other thing we did is we put a ton of resources on our website. So we're constantly updating the, the latest help orders and access to everything from the funding and uh, just everything. Everything is there. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been interesting. I mean, I, I was giving an update to the city uh, last week uh, where the chamber's been, and, you know, we're, we're challenged, too. We're essentially a startup small business after celebrating our year. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. we're, still, we're still small but mighty and, and um, looking for support from, you know, from our membership and from sponsors and things like that to keep providing this service to our community. So, um, you know, I feel a lot more optimistic than maybe a couple months ago because we did have to make the tough decision like so many businesses have had to do to furlough our one and only, you know, staff person. And uh, we made that decision and luckily we've got, you know, some financial advantage to that so we can carry on. So, um, but we didn't skip a beat through any of that. There's no way we could have, we couldn't have just shut it down and, and gone away. I think that would have been disastrous. Um, so I'm very happy that we're kind of on this side of things, even though we have a, a challenging road ahead to see what our future events are going to be like. Um, whether that's a hybrid, we're talking about state of the city and like, we're not going to get 200 people in a room. I'm telling you right now. So, um, yeah, We'll probably have to adapt there somehow, which, you know, it's possible. It's all figure outable, right? If that's a word. <laughs> it is now. Well, it is now. well and you Paul, have been doing Paul, a great job of like sharing that information. I mean, your um your e blasts have been very, very current, up to date. I mean, really it has become a great resource for getting that information out. And I think that's something you do really do have been doing a great job at is is distributing the information. You know, like Jackie said, some of these loan programs that people wouldn't otherwise know about, you know, you're doing a great job there for the Lomita Chamber and the South Bay community. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's good to be recognized every now and then, but but this is why we're here and, and we love doing it. So if we can help, that's that's the plan. That's the goal. You know, one of the other, you mentioned some silver lining. Uh, one of these silver linings I, I've seen right from the get-go is that uh, various chambers <clears throat> in the South Bay and other places, you know, they have events only for members. And then there are others that um, have for members, uh, you know, there might be a special pricing for members and a little more money for non-members. Um, and as you said, you opened it up to the entire business community right from the get-go, as did just about every other chamber, which on my end um, – I'm seeing it, you know, through my website because these virtual events are so much easier for people to attend than the the way we used to do things. Um, mm -hmm. There might be That's somebody, it, you know, uh, not necessarily in doing business in, right in the city of Lomita, maybe on, on the outskirts, that 
has has tuned in to to one of you know your calls or your emails or something, and they're like, wow, the chamber this chamber can do something for me, and and it's just it's just blown it wide open. Um, that you know, so so people in El Segundo are listening in or getting information from the Lomita Chamber. Uh, people in Lomita are getting information from the Palos Verdes Chamber, uh, Manhattan Beach. That there, it's just it to me, it just seems like it's blown everything wide open, and it, as you just said, you've picked up new members during this event, which goes just goes to prove it's working. So. I get my guess is that in the future, um, it's another avenue to to get more people to join to join the chamber, Heidi. I think so, and and I also think that um, you know it might open up a bigger dialogue that I haven't yet uh, broached with my my peers at the other chambers. Um, but it's probably going to change some of the dynamics that we have working with each other. I mean, I know that um, Lomita Chamber and San Peter Chamber are trying to, to collaborate a little bit. So if they're putting on an event or a webinar on opening a restaurant or protocols or opening a hair salon, well, if they've already got the resource in presenting that, then let's kind of partner and collaborate on promoting that to our membership and our businesses collectively. Um, so I think it might change some of the dynamics even between the chambers um, you know, and we do collaborate in a lot of different ways, but sometimes it's like, well, this is our chamber here and we're kind of focused on serving our members, but this might open it up beyond that. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, I love my colleagues that they're so open and it's, it's, it's interesting. Different industries have different um, vibes and, and, and feelings, but I can tell you that, that, you know, all the local chamber execs here are just so supportive. You can pick up the phone and talk to them and bounce ideas off of each other. It's, it's, it's really refreshing not every industry does that and it's all about sharing information and best practices um you know with with each other so yeah we'll see where that goes and and i i do think that um you know people are recognizing the value of of the chamber if they didn't know what it was before it's not just mixers and and events <laughs> you know this yeah, is yeah, especially to a whole now. other level <laughs> Right. And uh, yeah, I yeah. think you're right. I think people are kind of learning about, yeah, more and more resources that maybe they didn't know where to look, you know, kind of before everything, everything has happened. But yeah, let's, let's hope that some of these, you know, some of these uh, means of doing business and ways of communicating, you know, with each other remains kind of when things get, you know, quote, back to normal, whatever that's going to look like. But um but definitely the accessibility has been really key. You know, like, like Jackie was saying, sometimes, you know, it wouldn't necessarily be easy to get in, you know, get into your car and go to a Lomita event or a or Hermosa or whatever the event is. But if you can just, you know, jump on a call and get the information, it's really convenient. Right. Well, and, and you know, those Zoom calls are great because they are so easy, but um, it just means that we're packing more into our day. <laughs> I think, you know, yeah. it's kind of like working from home. You, you work until all hours of the night. I mean, I, I dealt with that a long time ago when I worked from home back in the early 2000s. Um, gosh. Anyway, so, but, yeah, I think that the Zoom calls are great, and it, it just blows, blows the doors open. But um, we did have a modified board meeting uh, last week where half of the board members called in on the Zoom call, and then we had, like, I think three of us in, in the classroom space six feet apart, Deanne. It was so funny. There's three of us packed into this huge room. I'll spread but, out, uh, yeah. We were, we were socially distanced, but it was the hardest thing to do a Zoom call with a mask on, and like, oh, this is not fun. Let's go back to just Zooming for our offices. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and there's really no yeah. reason to be in, I mean, 
there's no reason to be in person if you can be on Zoom. Yeah. Especially, well, so, I, think I mean, and that's another thing. It. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that's another thing, too, is people, um, you know, I, I was a member of Zoom before, like, you know, at the end of last year, I think I signed up for it, and, you know, I was doing webinars and that sort of thing, but people weren't really as comfortable with it, but now everybody's had to just, like, figure it out, and so, you know, again, that's something I think that'll that'll be something that I'll carry over is being able to have these Zoom calls, conferences. You know, I've I've done virtual summits and conferences and spoken at conferences on Zoom. Just fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm well, glad I have that little a... window that I can cover up my camera with when when it's over. I never used to have that. You know, the little window that you can close so your camera's not looking at you. Yes. When you're offline, yes. <laughs> I really yeah. love that little window now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, well, there's a term for that, Dan. It's called forced digital transition. Uh, yeah. Right when this started, we had an IT guy on the Friday show. And within the first five minutes of speaking with him, he he put out that term, forced it's a forced digital transition. And and it's my new favorite term. I use it, at, I use uh, yeah. it as often as I can. You know, but again, that in itself is going to change the way business happens going forward um, because now we're seeing, yes, people can work from home. Um, uh, Heidi, one, another thing uh, we had some guests on, I think it was last weekend, uh, last Thursday, we had the people from uh, the Seroptimist, uh, the Manhattan Beach Seroptimist group on to talk about their event, LunaFest. And this mm-hmm. year they're doing LunaFest at home where for a small fee you you'll get some sort of a link or something, and you'll be able to watch. LunaFest is a short film festival uh, for women, by women, about women. And normally it would be at, you know, a a facility. They do it at the Performing Arts Center uh, or, you know, another theater or something. But this year they have to go digital or uh, virtual. And I said to them, you know, going forward, Will you continue to offer this option to people? Because there are a lot of people that would like to see it, but maybe aren't able to get there, or maybe they have something else going on that night. Um, and they were like, "Yeah, you know, absolutely, this will be something we do going forward because it it just opens things up more." You, you know what I mean? So, so I can absolutely see everybody from chambers to nonprofit orgs and other, you know, business, uh, businesses and other organizations going forward, offering that, uh, that virtual option. I, I just think it, it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Forced digital transition. I like that term. I'm going to use that a lot too. And it, it'd be great even to be able to, um, you know, to broaden kind of the menu of what you can bring to your audience. So like with LunaFest, for example, they could still do an in-person event, but still maybe have some sort of a virtual component. So just kind of opens the door to more, um, you know, more resources. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I absolutely. mean, going back so, to what you, were, what you started the show with, I mean, going and listening to Retrofit, whom I love, and I know Seth and, and um, love Retrofit, uh, you know, that gets him exposure to, you know, to his band in other parts of the country, potentially, or, or even the world. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be really cool to see how that maybe gives people more opportunities. So, again, trying to find the silver linings in all this, uh, getting more exposure by doing this through the forced digital transition. <laughs> we have the <laughs> FCT. 
The FDT, you know, baby. It's, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> they're, yeah, no, they're like making they're, so You know how we always come up with the term uh, when there are big upheavals in the world, whether it was the Industrial Revolution or the Technological Revolution, this is going to be the forced digital transition revolution or something to that yeah. effect. Yeah, yeah, it's true because so. it ha- it has forced people to deep dive into technology where they would uh, they would have tried to otherwise avoid it. Yeah, yeah, it's a brave new world. So, um, Deanne, I'm thinking that maybe we take our break now and then uh, come back, and uh, we have other things we need to discuss this morning. How's that sound? I think that sounds great. Let's do it. All right, I'm your host, Jackie Balustra, and you're listening to The South Bay Show, a hyperlocal podcast that airs every Thursday and Friday morning at 8 a.m. on Blog Talk Radio. The show features the many fabulous things to do, places to go, and people to know in our South Bay. From El Segundo to the Palos Verdes Peninsula, we cover it all. So be sure to tune in each week to keep up with what's going down in our beachside puzzle. And this morning, we're speaking with Heidi Butzin from the Lomita Chamber of Commerce, which Congratulations, Heidi. You've just celebrated your one-year anniversary during this pandemic. Uh, but you're up. You're, 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 you're continuing. You're working through it. And, um, and it, we're, we're all going to get through it, right? We're going to get through it. So um, take us in a, another direction here. Yeah. So, um, so I've learned that Heidi was recently appointed to the L.A. County Economic Resiliency Task Force. That's a mouthful, Heidi. Um, yes. <laughs> but, um, but I, you know, I'd not heard of it until I, you know, I saw that, that you'd recently been appointed. And so I was looking at the website, and it really looks like there is an amazing amount of information um, on this website. Tell us about, you know, how you became familiar with this task force and how, um, how you came to be uh, appointed to it. Honestly, I don't know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Yeah, that's um, a short answer. So, so, so Janice Hahn, <laughs> uh, L.A. County Supervisor uh, Janice Hahn actually uh, put this initiative together, and um, and I think I know who who recommended me, um, and I'm also uh, on the task force with a number of other people. There's at least I think maybe 15 or so, 15 or 20 of us in different segments. So we've got somebody from the National Association of Women Business Owners on the, on the group. Uh, we're the small business sector. There are about a dozen different sectors. So they've got small business, they've got nonprofits, they've got um, entertainment venues and even like uh, uh, amusement parks. So they've got 12 of those broken out and, and task forces or many task forces associated with each sector. Um, and so our goal in this in this um, group is again it's a combination of, of the three chamber leaders in the, the South Bay, Elise Swanson at San Pedro, Donna Duperone at Torrance Chamber, and myself, uh, as well as like I said some other business association leaders, uh, the LA Chamber as well, uh, Maria she's uh, involved. So it's getting the small business voice together through the chamber execs as well as some other um, uh, folks who are working with the county, um, a lot of staff members with the county, um, and uh, just a diverse group of people to come together to identify sort of our, our short, mid, and long-term goals as a work group to report back to the county and the board of supervisors to say, these are the priorities in working through this. This is what the business community needs. This is what the business community doesn't need right now. Um, and what are the long-term impacts of that? So it's, it's, 
it's a lot. There are a lot of moving pieces in this, but um, I know that I think next week uh, the head of our particular work group is going to be presenting again to the uh, the County Board of Supervisors with um, an outline to identify what we really need to be doing right now. And I have to say that um, a lot of it starts from the fact that, as we've been talking about this morning, there's so much information. And so the county and this task force, whatever the deliverable is out of this, uh, is really to make sure that the businesses clearly know what their expectations are. You know, what are the inspectors going to be looking for? What's going to cause or necessitate, you know, if there's flagrant violations of whatever health and safety protocols that the business is required to do, you know, how do they remediate that and, and, and what is going to be the carrot or the stick, you know? Uh, so those are the questions that we're bringing to the table and also saying things like, you know, making sure that, that they know, the county knows, uh, that businesses are going to need help to be doing all this. I mean, on top of already keeping a, health, a safe uh, place for your workers and customers, now your costs are increased because you're going to have to do twice as much, if not more, uh, sanitizing and protective equipment and offering masks if you're going to offer those. And, you know, those costs are going up. So how can we give some financial relief to the businesses for those added costs of doing business now? Um, getting clarity on whether the air conditioning vents are, you know, a major contributor to spreading the virus and, you know, do you not put uh, patrons in your restaurant under a, a vent? You know, there's so much information daily that, that really that's been our, our drumbeat is we have to have a streamlined, unified source of information to go to. The chambers can be the conduit for that, but we've got to get on the same page with, with realistic expectations um, that are protecting the health and safety of people, number one, but also uh, just making sure that it's, it's a valid source because I feel like, you know, we're like the little kids running across the field um, chasing the ball and the ball goes another direction. Now we just chase that <laughs> ball and we run over here. So it's, it's been very challenging, certainly as a business owner myself, but also for the businesses out there just trying to reopen. So clearer communication, access to capital to help offset the extra costs, getting really clear on having like a, a, a one-stop shop for any permitting, trying to streamline that. I think that's a really positive thing that's coming out of our dialogue is city and county. They're looking at streamlining the, the permitting. I know here in Lameda, they have streamlined the process for restaurants to spread out onto a parking lot uh, to allow for the social distancing for diners. And they've, they've made the, expedited the, the permit process and they've actually waived uh, the fees in this case. Uh, not a lot of oh, cities wow. are doing that, but that's, yeah, so they're 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 supporting that that business to to you know serve their customers in, in a responsible way without making it so challenging to to get over permitting and, and paying for for the fees for that. So you know the other thing that we're bringing forward with this task force is um, reaching out to the county. If the county has uh, an opportunity to leverage its buying power for um, some of the purchases and the items that the businesses may need, maybe the PPE. Um, then let's use the county to leverage that so the businesses can buy in bulk because having access to the resources, as we saw with the whole ridiculous toilet paper thing, you know, that's, yeah, that's mm -hmm. the challenge. You know, if, if, if you can't pick up your hand sanitizer um, from Office Depot or Home Depot or whatever or wherever you're going, your, your restaurant company, uh, where do you go? Um, yeah. Well, especially for these what businesses that they're obligated to provide their workers with a safe work environment they're really obligated to provide their workers with, like you said, hand sanitizer, face masks, everything like that. And if they can't access that by running to Target or Costco, 
yeah, they need they need a resource for it. So that's great. But also being a voice for business. I mean, that's what you do as, you know, the president and CEO of the Lomita Chamber, but then also now being able to to, you know, speak directly to those, you know, those regulatory agencies that are passing these these regulations that these small businesses now need to comply with. So Yeah, and, and, and I think that the critical the liability is the other the other piece of this too. So we've also been very vocal about, um, you know, hopefully there's there's been dialogue and discussion not only at this level but certainly higher levels um, about providing safe harbors um, so that you know we're not seeing a situation where businesses are just getting sued left and right. I mean, it's going to be hard enough to work through this and serve their customers and, and keep their employees safe and then just be shut down or have to deal with a lawsuit. Um, but we're going to see it. It's part of who we are in this lovely state. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just uh, I hope that we can just really try to raise the awareness at this level and, and continue to, to find ways to, I mean, obviously, if somebody is just negligent, then, you know, that's, that's a, a bad business decision. But, you know, if they're trying their best and they're documenting and communicating and, you know, that's that's going to be the, the challenge is to, to, to protect yourself. Yeah, you really, I, I, I think it's so important to have a voice for small business, especially when it comes to, you know, me being a business lawyer doing the, the liability aspect of things. But, you know, some of the protections that are, that are coming down the pike for, for business owners, you know, expansion of workers' comp, the business owner, like, for example, if you have your employees coming back to work and they contract the virus, as we know, I mean, proving causation is going to be virtually impossible. So now they, you know, they've said new regulations have said that if, you know, if your employees come back to work and they and they contract the virus, then, you know, workers' comp will cover it. It's, it, you know, it's presumed to be right. caused by the workplace, but that's so that then work work uh, workers comp will cover it and that's the exclusive remedy but there are so many like you said there's so many other things about having your customers come on site and you know you can as a business owner be trying to do everything right and it's just so so hard to keep up yeah and that's and that's is exactly why the other recommendations that we we hope to put forward uh before the county is really which is, they've actually been very supportive uh in fact they're they're trying to get uh, access to doing uh some public service announcements on some of the major networks that is a public health education thing just as much as you know the the onus is on the business to a certain degree but you know you're not going to have a staff member who necessarily wants to confront somebody when you say no shoes no shirt no service no no mask no socially distance no service you know you don't necessarily mm-hmm. want your staff on the front lines to be dealing with those confrontations um so there's a public education element that has to happen and and people right now are kind of all over the place. I mean, there's been some local places that have people sitting at the bar shoulder to shoulder with no masks on. Well, if that's what you're going to allow to happen, then, you know, it's just not being responsible. So the, pa- the patrons as well as the, the business owners, they, we all need to hold ourselves accountable and take some responsibility in this. So that's another leg of this whole, whole thing is, is really pushing forward a public education campaign so people are aware and the expectations are set before you walk into that, that business that, I mean, we have signs all over our space. You don't have a mask, you don't come in. Uh, we have the gate shut. You can't come in unless you have an appointment. I mean, we're dramatically changing even for the workspace here um, how people access our, our, our site. People used to be able just to drop by for a tour. 
those days are over. So, um, you know, it's putting the signage up, but also educating, educating your customers. So that falls on the business, but it's also a public, it's a public service announcement that we have to kind of people, people are aware. Um, so those are just, there's a lot of moving pieces and it's, it's coming together and, and, uh, you know, we're even bringing in a lot of the recent issues with, with um, you know, the protests and, and looking at, at how to incorporate some of the elements that that has, has opened up um, in terms of how businesses move forward. And uh, so it's, it's really been interesting to hear all the different perspectives. And, uh, and I, I just, I'm, I'm hopeful that the county is actually really, you know, they're taking an effort, making an effort to, to listen and um, find ways to help at the county level. So, you know, if anything, it's, it's, it's encouraging uh, to me that we're, they're, they're listening and, and they're, they're hearing what, what we have to put forward. Um, but it's, it's, a big, it's a big task, you know, and there's a lot of different interests and opinions. And so um, it's, it's been good so far. I think it's been, been very streamlined by our, our leader. Uh, this, this I have to ask, and, and I hope. Yep. I have to, I have to ask you, uh, Heidi, this is L.A. County, but have they broken L.A. County up into even smaller regions? Like, um, are, is there like a South Bay task force and maybe a West Side task force, a, a Valley task force, or, or is it just one and, and you're in it representing uh, the South Bay? Currently, as far as I'm aware, I think it's just the one. And it's funny, you're the second person to bring up um, kind of breaking things up because the county is so – so massive. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't see that it's, it's necessarily broken out. We actually have a, a representative from Pasadena uh, Chamber, uh, LA Chamber, uh, the South Bay Chambers that I mentioned. So, um, no, it's, it's not broken out in, in that regard. Um, but that is something that you know, really should be, I guess, discussed on some level, too, because um, the, count, the county is huge. The county is huge, and, and each little yeah. you know, segment within has its own its own ecosystem or <laughs> kind of culture that's yes. really not as <laughs> significantly impacted as say the city of LA. Um, you know, so and that's a larger discussion that we're not tackling that in this call, but um, certainly it's, uh, uh, or in this task force, um, it's certainly something to consider going down the road, but that, that I think is a big mountain to move just in my personal opinion. Yeah. By the way, Deanne, uh, we're not we're not even going to ask any of our guests going forward about the protest because we don't want anybody else to you know get in trouble. I'm just putting that. Up uh, no, I know. I, apparently, people are following uh, this show, Jackie, and uh, yeah. yeah, apparently, so. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. We'll be, gonna, careful. We're not we'll be careful. Yeah, yeah. We got other things yeah. to talk about, though. More exciting things. Heidi, I had heard about this at the beginning of the year, and I was so looking forward to it that Lomita, the chamber and the city, or you'll, you'll explain to us how it came about, that the city of Lomita will be getting a farmer's market. I guess it was supposed to start a few months ago, but you had to put that back. So bring us up to speed on that. This is exciting. Yeah, so March 29th was our original launch date. And, oh, my gosh, we had big plans back then. Um, <laughs> we were going so to um, – <laughs> oh, my gosh, it, was, it feels like a year ago. So uh, we've been working with the city here, and uh, they've been really supportive um, of, of bringing a market to Lamita. Unfortunately, Lamita does not have a supermarket, uh, does not have a, a, um, a Vons or anything like that. Um, people have to drive into Torrance, which is fine. They drive down the street, but they go to Vons or they go to Costco or, or Sam's, and um, they're leaving our community. So 
uh, there's a need for it. People want it. We actually did a survey, gosh, several, several months ago, um, maybe late last year, and we asked the community, do you want a farmer's market? And it was just an absolute resounding yes. And um, so we have at least 1,500 people on our, our mailing list now who are waiting to go to a farmer's market. So um, so the farmer's market is going to be held at City Hall. Uh, it has been modified, of course, as we have to do per, per the uh, public health requirements. So we're working with a farmer's market manager who actually runs a number of local markets throughout the South Bay. So they, you know, they know what they're doing. They're on top of all the regulations. Their vendors know how to, how to handle the food and how to handle the customers. So we'll have one directional access. So you enter through one side, you walk through the market, and then you exit on another side so there's no cross-traffic. That's one of the measures we've taken. Uh, and then, of course, six-foot distancing, wearing your mask. We have hand sanitizing stations. Obviously, the directional sign is just to let people know how to, how to walk through the market. So we'll have a number of fresh produce uh, vendors and mar- uh, farmers. And then we also have um, opportunities for uh, our business community to um, have a vendor booth. We're limiting it to eight booths right now until we can expand which we know will happen, but, you know, unfortunately we can't do things like have live music because that gets people to congregate, gather, and that's not what we want people to do. We want people just to stop, talk, you know, buy, get some information, and, um, and kind of move through. So um, still think it's going to be a great thing for the community. It's going to launch. Our new launch date is July 5th. Uh, that is 4th of July weekend, but we're going to try it out. It's going to be held every Sunday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the City Hall, and uh, it's going to be great. And the city has been so helpful to work with us to use their property for the market. And, um, you know, I think it's going to create a little, a little buzz here of excitement and bring people together safely. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, it'll have a nice focus to, to, to have that resource for people to get fresh, fresh food uh, without having to hop in the car. I, the city hall is, is actually walkable for quite a few of our residents too. So, um, I'm excited for that, and we're, we're happy to bring, bring that on. So we're looking for uh, vendors who want a, a table at the, at the market on the 5th and weekly thereafter if they're interested, and then we're reaching out to some of our um, community partners here to sponsor some of, the, um, some of the costs that go along with running a market. Of course, everything has a few uh, expenses associated with it. So, yeah, we're excited to launch July 5th. So um, come on down and check it out, but just wear your mask and, ex- and be safe. I'm excited. You know, farmers markets are such an amenity, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you how popular they are. Um, my website going on nine years. Um, I have a list of local farmers markets on my website, and and outside of like the weekend guide and and special events page, it is always one of the top pages. Uh, that people go to. Everybody is looking for farmers markets. As a matter of fact, my tech guy told me you need to make the farmers market its own page, which we did. So we we have a dedicated page just for local farmers markets. So absolutely uh, do me a favor after the show, please send me all the pertinent information and I will get it up on our, our farmers market page because people love them. And I can't believe there's not a grocery store in Lomita. I, I know that yeah. several years ago we, we had this weird mass exodus of grocery stores. Um, and, and there were whole neighborhoods that were without grocery stores. And then we had uh, three or four open up. We, we had a Lazy Acres open up and uh, a Gelson's. And uh, there was another one. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, it's escaping me. But, um, yeah, the, I, find that, I find that amazing. 
that that a city doesn't have a grocery store in it. It's 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 very it's a very strange phenomenon for me. But uh, yeah, and with everything going on in Lomita, you know, you would think they would have one. So, well, the the reason is, I mean, you you have to look at the properties that are you know suitable for a grocery store. We have some properties, but you know that's not a, a city issue. I mean, the city can can encourage and. and and attract people to, uh, you know, a grocery store to come into the community. But at the end of the day, whoever owns that property, um, you know, really is the right. deciding factor. And, and the challenge is, too, I mean, what, rest, or what um, uh, grocery store chain is going to come in? A Trader Joe's is going to do it because they have another one just down the road at the uh, Rolling Hills um, Plaza uh, just down PCH. So, so that's another thing that people don't understand is, is it's not necessarily the city not doing anything. It's the property owners and whether they right. want that you know, uh, business on their property. And furthermore, uh, a grocery store chain is not going to jump into something if they have a competitor down the road. It's just, just due to geographics. So, you know, grocery grocery outlet, that's another example from North Redondo and Artesia there. They finally opened right. up there. Um, people were kind of like balking at it at first, but uh, it's actually been, I think, a good resource from what I'm hearing. And I, so I think that they've been approached. But again, this this goes beyond us. It's, it's The demand is there for sure. It's just... Um, whoever owns that property and whatever the right, the right vendor is or the right uh, um, grocery store is. And that's, that's just taking a lot longer than, than we'd like. But in the meantime, you're going to get a farmer's market. I find that very exciting. I think it's, it's how the we way roll. to shop. That's right. Leading the way. That's, that's Heidi, that leading the way. Yeah. That's right. Well, and, that's yeah, right. and I mean, it, it, again, you know, with the information that you've had, now you're in a position to be able to, you know, kind of, provide information to have a properly socially distanced, you know, appropriate precautions in place. So it's really exciting and really exciting for the people of Lomita in particular to be able to access, you know, fresh fruit and flowers and all the wonderful things the farmer's market can provide. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good. A little, little bright, you gotta bright get that. note here. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get, you got to get that guac guy. The guy that does the guacamole, boy, oh boy, that's the best guacamole in the world. He, he's at several farmers markets here in the South Bay. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. La, 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 something. Is I can't he? Is he? Uh, is he the one in the village? Is he in, at the village yes. market too? Okay. Yes. I, yeah, that's good guacamole. <laughs> yes. That's, that's it, it, and, and you can you can get it to to your taste. Like he'll do mild, medium, hot. Uh, which is it's just really really good. Yeah, I I buy that and then yeah. I come home and I eat the whole thing in one sitting. It's 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 not a pretty sight. <laughs> so so hey, real quick, uh, Heidi, before before we um before we sign off, uh, before all this happened, boy oh boy, Lomita was exploding with new businesses, new things going on. Uh, you you got do you have two or three breweries now in Lomita? Uh, two two breweries and um, uh, we had the, well, yeah two breweries uh, and then there was some uh, a lead I don't think it's happened yet but I think there's been some people going hmm maybe somebody's interested in starting a distillery here but that's that's not moving that's just that's just a, a lead that I heard on the street nothing has has officially happened with that but you know we do have um, some new businesses that are are still kind of opening and, and building out. So I think the momentum is still here, um, but it's just kind of had to pause a little bit with all this, of course. So um, we're still seeing activity of people 
revitalizing businesses, reopening um, the Ale House is here on uh, Narbonne Avenue, just around the corner from us. And it looks like they're moving forward with a beautiful remodel. Um, it's it's a, a really cool bar, but they've expanded and, and they've tried to add some different things to the menu. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we're still seeing that, even though uh, it's been challenging to say the least. So, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's amazing. We um, never mind the existing businesses that have had to deal with all this, but the businesses that were planning to open during during this the last three or four months. There, there's been some of that, but I've. I, there was one in Riviera Village that opened uh, a new place. It's called the Swell Deli, and we picked up a couple of sandwiches from there yesterday. Holy guacamole! They are good. <laughs> they, they've got they've got real they've got real Italian bread, which I have I don't think I've ever found Uh-oh. in California. Uh, yeah, so um, I, I'm going to – actually, today, later today, I'm going to grab my mask, and I'm going to go down there and talk to them because I'm very excited about it. So, um, But, yeah, so we've, we've got uh, – you know, people are working through it. I guess, I guess being under construction during this time isn't such a bad thing. Actually, it was probably pretty perfect because nothing kind of got in the way, and so certainly people in, the, in that industry weren't, weren't required to stay home. Um, although right. I think other cities, Santa Monica is looking at that a little closer now in terms of some of their construction sites and being safe. But, uh, yeah, um, no, that's kind of, again, silver lining, you know, we could get keep yeah. moving with the construction. Well, you know, I have I've been to say, trying to... I, I recently, um, I recently went to one of your Lomita, your new Lomita chamber members. I saw them on, uh, on Lomita chambers, Instagram, three little cupcakes. And I saw that they make these cakes that look like, you know, like cake boss cakes, like really detailed, you know, structural uh, cakes. So I, I got a uh, a cake for my daughter's graduation. She's one of the class of 2020. And, um, and so the lady over there at Three Little Cupcakes Cafe did a wonderful job. And they made this really cool mm-hmm. cake shaped like, you know, like the graduation cap with a tassel. And then she Aww. did like little, uh, little 2020 balloon. They look like little balloons, like made out of fondant or whatever they, they make. So, uh, so that was wonderful. So we have a wonderful. Oh, little, nice. I'm glad uh, to hear that. Thanks for supporting shop. them. That's Ophelia and Ron over there at Three Little Cupcakes. And they've been Ophelia. great supporters yes. of the chamber too. They were awesome. so responsive. Yeah. Really great. Oh, that's exciting. That well, congratulations, Deanne, on your daughter's graduation. That's exciting. Yeah. And uh, and congratulations, uh, Heidi, on uh, on on everything you're doing. Uh, social workplace, fantastic workspace. Uh, getting getting appointed to the L.A. County Economic Resiliency Task Force. That's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> what would that be? Lock locker. Locker task. L L A L A C E R. Late. Lace, laser TF or something. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to shorten that one way or another. Uh, do yeah. me a favor, Heidi. Give us give us contact information um, for the for the chamber, for social workplace. Uh, anybody that wants to get in touch with you regarding that task force. You know, any people have questions. Uh, how can they contact you? Sure. So the easiest way is to go to lamitachamber.org. Uh, you can contact us that way. And that's um, uh, where we have information, business resources, community resources, everything related to what you may be going through for your business or even 
uh, access to community resources right now if you need access to masks. Um, we have uh, somebody who donated masks to the city, so some of our local residents here can actually get those for free. Uh, so again, lamitachamber.org. If you want to email me, the best email is hi, H-I, at lamitachamber.org. Uh, that will come to me and my partner, and we will answer any questions. And then if you want to check out information on the, the farmer's market, that's lamitafarmersmarket.com. Uh, we're updating the website right now. We're recruiting for vendors, but um, we will be posting uh, who will be featured at the market opening July 5th, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. And as far as the uh, social workplace is concerned, and thanks for the shout-out to the space, you guys. I appreciate the support. Um, we are officially opening July 15th. We're just giving us that time uh, to reorganize, move some chairs around, put up you know, guards, and dramatically cut down the number of uh, seats. Uh, available in the co-work space, but we do have private offices, and I think the private offices are going to be the draw. So we're actually shifting our business model a little bit and offering uh, day rates for a private office because I think people might feel more comfortable being in an office versus being in an open area to work. So still have conference rooms. They're just scaled down to fewer people. Um, so again, July 15th is the, uh, is the open date, and we're at socialworkplace.com. Um, and other than that, I am going to actually get away this weekend because I haven't gone anywhere since probably January. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Much needed. Much needed break for you. <laughs> nice. So we'll I wish we'll I could. I out, wish but... I could. Yeah, no, this is this has all been uh, trying doesn't begin to describe it, but the businesses, you know, there there are the businesses that thought thought ahead. They 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 were looking forward when this first all came down, and they and they immediately jumped on it and they said, "What do we have to do so that when they allow it, when they give us the green light to open, what do we need to have in place?" And and I know several business owners that from the very beginning of this started acquiring PPE and and talking to their representatives and getting as much information as they could. And then there were unfortunately a lot of businesses that just closed their doors and they didn't do any of the footwork that it takes to be ready when you get the green light to reopen. Um, and 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 I'll tell you, this is where that's where the chamber. Uh, is is invaluable. Um, you, you are doing an incredible service for your immediate community of Lomita in addition to the greater South Bay area. We don't really care too much about people outside the South Bay, but you know we'll just we'll just put that out there. <laughs> They're on their own. No, <laughs> but okay. yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. So uh, Heidi Butzine, the uh, from the Lomita Chamber of Commerce and Social Workplace. Heidi, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, guys. It's always good to talk to you, and um, just it's nice to be connected this way. And thanks, Jackie, for all you do to keep South Bay connected, and Deanne for, for protecting us and our businesses. I know I've asked Deanne a few business questions myself over the years, so I'm, I'm grateful to have you as a resource. <laughs> uh, happy to help. Always happy to be there, and you're just doing an amazing, amazing job for the South Bay and Lomita. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Deanne, my my new sidekick, Deanne. Uh, so glad you're, it's you're doing great. this with me. <laughs> all right, I'm everybody. Glad to be that with you, Jackie. Yeah. Uh, not as happy as I am, Deanne. Not as happy as I am. Uh, okay, everybody. <laughs> that's our show. Thank you for joining us, and be sure to tune in tomorrow morning from Manhattan Beach Chamber 360. Thanks for listening. Bye bye now.